Hamilton of City uh, Corner Sky about Samson Drive. Have you noticed anything? Hello and welcome to Ohio Folklore. I'm your host, Melissa Davies. Today, we're exploring an Ohio folktale 26 years in the making. Almost 26 years exactly, that is. The dispatch recordings you just heard occurred the night of December 14, 1994, in Liberty Township, Ohio, located just north of Youngstown. The dispatcher, a Miss Royan Rudolph, had been having a relatively quiet night in the Trumbull County Dispatch Center. That is, until almost midnight, when she began receiving a flurry of calls from dumbfounded locals up and down Samson Drive. All claimed to have witnessed a large object hovering just above their rooftops. It had shining, multicolored lights. And strangest of all, the object made no sound, as it meandered down the mundane residential street. As calls kept coming in, Royanne grew more incredulous. Her laughter belies the ridiculousness and yet undeniability of just what was happening. The last guy said it was a fighter plane. So you tell me that I would do uh, like a big, big news story of the water and liberty and effects on the people. Royanne first believed the whole thing to be a prank, and who could blame her? Perhaps if you or I were sitting in that chair that night, we'd have assumed the same thing. Only the calls kept coming. Confused residents and veteran law enforcement officials alike claimed to witness the same hovering, brilliantly lit object hovering noiselessly above them. Local media outlets soon started covering the story as well. No one could explain the wondrous oddity stalking the night skies right above their heads. I'm not going to live in any place. What's your name? Oh, I wonder if you had any, um, anyone call you about a strange plane or airplane or something in the air because we're coming down Samson Drive. What was it? I don't know what I'm flying across it. Or what it was. It wasn't an airplane. It was not an airplane. It was on off the road. As the calls kept piling up, dispatcher Roy Ann began sending units to the area of Samson Drive. 
Little did she know that before the whole night would end, officers from five different jurisdictions would spot the strange hovering object. Surely, one of these officers would get a visual on it, and a satisfying explanation would be sure to follow, right? The recording you just heard came from what would become the most publicized incident in the whole scenario. The officer you heard was a sergeant from the Liberty Township Police Department, Toby Maloro. This eight-year veteran of the force would have an encounter with the object which would later be showcased on the television show Paranormal Witness, Season 1, Episode 5. Sergeant Maloro would play himself in the segment on the program. He would show the world the life-changing experience that befell him that night in late December, 1994. When he was first dispatched to the area of Samson Drive, Sergeant Maloro expected to see a low-flying plane or perhaps a helicopter. However, when he first got to the area, he was flagged down by an elderly gentleman who had been walking his dog down the street. After pulling over to stop, the frightened old man explained, breathlessly, that a strange light had been hovering over his house and that it had just begun to move south down Sampson Drive. Sergeant Malaro sped off in that direction. He'd gone only a quarter of a mile when all power in his cruiser shut down. The engine died along with the radio, the dashboard lights, everything. Perplexed, he threw the car into park and attempted to restart the engine. No matter how many times he turned the ignition, he got nothing. He attempted using his portable radio to contact dispatch, but it was dead too. Roy Ann, the dispatcher who first sent Sergeant Maloro to the location, grew more and more concerned as her calls to him went unanswered. As per protocol, she dispatched additional units to the spot, notifying them that an officer had become unresponsive to radio traffic. With his car dark, silent, and without power, Sergeant Maloro was about to exit the vehicle. Yet just before doing so, he was bathed in a brilliant light from above. He tried to lean forward over the steering wheel so that he could stare up through the windshield in hopes of finding the source of the light. Only it was too bright and blinded him fully. His car had come to a stop next to a vacant wooded lot. The craft hovered motionless above it. With this, he threw open the door to step out onto the pavement. With his arm outstretched, Using his hand to shield his eyes from the light, he could barely discern an oversized, solid structure from which the light emanated. 
From what he could see through squinted eyes, he guessed the size of the craft, comparable to a football field. It was hovering about 50 feet directly above him. He had no reference point for just what he was seeing. Something this massive, of this intense brightness, hovering silently above him, bathing him in such a light that it could have been midday. The most eerie part about the whole encounter, he would later recall, was the unnatural and heavy silence. After about 30 seconds, the unidentified flying object moved on down the street, away from him. Sergeant Malaro stood transfixed, watching it move south down the street. He snapped into action when, inexplicably, his cruiser's engine roared to life and the radio crackled with calls from the dispatch center. They'd been trying to reach him the whole time. He responded to the dispatcher's anxious calls, stating that he'd needed a few seconds to gather his thoughts. He'd soon acknowledge, calling in on his personal cell phone, that he had gotten a close visual on the object. He didn't want to put the information out on the radio for fear of ridicule from other law enforcement officers. As it turned out, within minutes of his report to the dispatch center, it began lighting up with calls from neighboring police departments. Their officers were now standing in awe of the same unusual object as it zoomed silently through the skies above their quiet streets. Sergeant Malaro could hear all the excitement over the radio. The thing he had just witnessed was now moving northward. On impulse, he flipped on his lights and sirens and sped in the direction of the latest call. He'd soon spot it again, now at a much higher elevation and velocity. He was cutting through side streets just trying to keep up and was soon joined by other units. The lot of them began a pursuit as the object headed from Liberty Township toward the small community of Brookfield. In due diligence, Roy Ann would contact the Youngstown Air Reserve Base to ask for help in identifying the strange craft. Confusingly, officials at the base claimed to have no knowledge of any such craft. They also denied being able to spot the craft from their vantage point of a 70-foot control tower, which should have offered plain view of it, as it was being chased by multiple law enforcement jurisdictions. Well, lit object, blue green light. 
A radar sweep of a 60-mile radius from Youngstown indicated no aircraft in the area. The airbase had no means to explain what could possibly account for the unending calls coming into the Trumbull County Dispatch Center. Roy Ann was bemused. What was she possibly going to tell her colleagues in the field, those police officers out on patrol, who were now laying their eyes on the unidentified flying object that so many residents had already spotted. An attempt to seek clarification from the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, at the Youngstown Airport, yielded the same results. No one knew just what this mysterious flying object was. Her efforts to find some kind of practical explanation for the anomaly came up empty-handed. And now, as the night wore on, you can hear her tone shift from one of amusement to wonder as she questions police officers who've spotted the object for themselves. Take a listen for yourself. With her curiosity getting stronger with each passing moment, Roy Ann reaches out to one familiar officer, known by his call sign of 433. He insists that the thing is just as everyone says it is. Unable to resist the desire to see it for herself, she plans to step outside the dispatch center to see if she can spot it somewhere on the horizon. Oh, cut it out. No, I'm serious. You're 
Roy Ann would be unable to see anything from the vantage point of the dispatch center. However, Unit 433 continues providing a description. He's been watching the thing for 10 minutes through binoculars. He insists there's no earthly explanation for what it could be. break was coming up. She was going to go see this thing. It had now moved on from Liberty Township to Howland Township. Another call to the airbase would again confirm that no craft could be spotted on radar. Even so, it was seen hovering a consistent 50 feet from the ground, and Unit 433 was going to come and get her so she could see it for herself. Royanne and the other officer would indeed spot it after pulling off on the side of the road and staring at it through binoculars. She would later recall that she could see something hanging from the bottom of the object. It hovered, still and silent for some time, before shooting off at a great velocity, again with no sound. Our last recording from the dispatch center that night includes the account of one officer parked alongside Warner Road. Looking through binoculars, he spotted not one, but three distinct, unidentified flying objects. Their colors shifted from red to yellow to green to blue.
Lieutenant James Baker of neighboring Brookfield Township Police Department had been listening to the radio reports and took it upon himself to head out to an old radio tower, which was the highest point in Trumbull County. He climbed the old wooden structure, all 60 feet into the air. From this elevation, he could see three separate objects flying in a kind of triangular formation. The bright lights emanating from all three crafts would change simultaneously, cycling through shades of red, yellow, blue, and green. For several moments, these objects hovered, still and silent. They would then speed off and fade into the night sky. The events of the night of December 14, 1994, in Ohio's Trumbull County, remain unexplained. The officers involved in sighting these objects have remained mostly quiet. It's said that they endured a great deal of teasing from those on the force who had not seen it. For you Ohio folklore listeners who've heard an earlier podcast episode entitled The Portage County UFO Chase, you may recall the lesson learned by a group of four law enforcement officers who, in 1966, chased a similar object in the night sky for 180 miles. Each of them experienced ridicule and a media frenzy that nearly destroyed them. Perhaps the officers from the 1994 case had learned something from that earlier history. Or perhaps they just knew in their gut that talking openly about the incident might complicate an already difficult job. Thankfully, many have now come forward. They've shared their experiences with the producers of the Paranormal Witness television program. Perhaps the benefit of time has allowed them to view their collective experiences in a new light. Now, they lay bare what they recall from that fateful night and give us an opportunity to make our own conclusions. Sometimes, when we least expect it, the universe presents us with the wondrous experience. The way we respond tells us something about ourselves and our places in the universe. The first reaction is often incredulity, a sense that we can't possibly be seeing and hearing what our senses are telling us. But then, for a lucky few, the experience persists. In the enduring moments, the first wave of shock dissipates and with each new breath, we feel the rarest of emotions, awe. We stand resolute before a force we cannot name and an energy we cannot explain. And thus, a folktale is born. This concludes today's episode on the Trumbull County UFO sightings. I hope you've enjoyed it. If so, please write a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the show. You can find Ohio Folklore at ohiofolklore.com and on Facebook. And as always, keep wondering. Keep wondering.